Hi everyone, welcome back to the channel. This week we'll be discussing the book of Isaiah. This week we're going to start looking at the book of Isaiah. I intend to do videos on the book of Isaiah, on books and verses in Isaiah, for the next several weeks. I think I have 12 videos scheduled. This video is not going to be about any one in particular verse in Isaiah, but about the whole book in general. So let's get started. Isaiah is an Old Testament prophet. You can find him, of course, in the Old Testament of your Bible. He prophesied for 50 years. And there are so many interesting facts about the book of Isaiah. The first one is that the entire book of Isaiah was found at the Dead Sea Scrolls in 1947 as an entire scroll. There were lots of other scrolls found, but the only one that was in its entirety was the book of Isaiah. That's really significant. Jesus himself quoted Isaiah when he was in the synagogue for the very first time to preach. He actually quoted Isaiah chapter 61. There are more messianic prophecies in the book of Isaiah than in any other Old Testament prophet. The reason I decided to do this video series on the book of Isaiah was because last month in the United States alone, and I'm recording this in May of 2021, so in the last 30 days, in the U.S. alone, over a million people Googled the prophet Isaiah and verses from Isaiah. That is outstanding. I think that these three statistics are related. The fact that there are more messianic prophecies in Isaiah than any other Old Testament prophet, that the entire scroll of Isaiah was found among the Dead Sea Scrolls, and that last month alone, over a million Americans searched for Isaiah or verses or prophecies from the book of Isaiah. The reason I think they're significant is because all of them say the same thing. The book of Isaiah tells you about the Messiah more than any other book. It tells you who he is. It tells you what he has. It tells you his mission. And people, whether they are pre-Christians looking for their Messiah or Christians looking to understand their Messiah better, it doesn't matter because they, at least Americans, are searching for their Messiah and that's proved by, of all things, a Google search. God knew this about people. He knew, of course, that people need their Savior, their Messiah. I believe that's one of the reasons that the entire scroll of Isaiah was found and preserved in the Dead Sea Scrolls. The other scrolls are wonderful. They're the Word of God. They're extremely important. But I believe that the reason that the entire scroll of the book of Isaiah was found among the Dead Sea Scrolls in 1947 is because it would lead people to their Messiah, particularly the Jews. Because in 1948, Israel actually became a state again. These people hadn't had their own country in millennia. And in 1948, they received that back by, of all people, the UN. Here's something very interesting that I bet you didn't know about the book of Isaiah. The book of Isaiah is quoted largely by politicians and particularly by politicians in the United States. While we're on the subject of the UN, however, across the street from the UN building in New York City, there's a wall. And on that wall, there are two scriptures from the book of Isaiah written out. They are Isaiah chapter 2 verse 4 
and Isaiah chapter 49, verse 6. The words from Isaiah 2, verse 4 are these, Nation shall not lift sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. And the words from Isaiah chapter 49, verse 6 are these, I will also give you as a light to the Gentiles, that you should be my salvation to the ends of the earth. What's really interesting, first of all, is that our founding fathers put those words in a very public and very conspicuous place. What's more interesting, though, is that they didn't put who the author was where they inscribed the words. The words are just there on the wall across the street from the UN. And no one knows, except for if you're a biblical scholar or you read your Bible, that those are the words of the prophet Isaiah. It's astounding to me that a people group, any people group, will search for their Messiah, the one true Messiah, even unknowingly. Also, I bet you didn't know that many American leaders quoted the book of Isaiah after the 9-11 tragedies in the U.S. These political leaders were, of all people, John Edwards, Senate Majority Leader at that time, Tom Daschle, Barack Obama, and even George Bush. They all quoted a verse from Isaiah chapter 9, verse 10, vowing to rebuild from hewn stone after the collapse of the Twin Towers and the attack on this country at 9-11. Why am I telling you all this? Why do you need to know all this for the book of Isaiah? That's a really great question. I'm glad you asked. Like I said, the book of Isaiah carries with it more messianic prophecies than any other Old Testament prophet. By the way, a messianic prophecy is just a prophecy about the Messiah. But what's very interesting is that once you become saved, once you acknowledge that you were a child of darkness, that you were in the devil's camp, when you were born, no matter what you did or didn't do, until you accepted what Jesus Christ did on the cross, you were in the devil's camp. Until you acknowledge that, and when you acknowledge that, you become saved. You become a new creation. The Bible says that it's no longer you who live, but Christ who lives in you. It says that you are a new creation. 1 John chapter 4, verse 17 says, As he is, and it refers to Jesus right there, as he is, so are we in this world. The we right there refers to born-again believers. So, as he is, so are we in this world. Therefore, when we look at the book of Isaiah, we can see ourselves and we can see our mission just as Jesus saw his self and Jesus saw his mission. Let me leave you with the following two passages. I pray these over myself all the time and I thank God for them. Some of you might think it's blasphemy what's about to come out of my mouth, but trust me, it's not. Because I didn't write this, God wrote it. He said, as Jesus is, so am I in this world. The first passage I want to leave you with is from Isaiah chapter 11. Isaiah chapter 11 will tell you who you are. It will tell you who you are as a born-again believer. Verse 2, the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might the spirit of knowledge, and of the fear of the Lord. What's so interesting is that Jesus, right before he went to the cross, said to his disciples in the last chapters of John, in John 15, he said, when I go to my Father, he's going to send the Spirit. And you have known him because he's been on you, but now he'll be in you. It's the same Spirit that was on Jesus Christ that's in us. This is an amazing thing. It is. You are 
a possessor of the spirit of wisdom and understanding. You are a possessor of the spirit of counsel and of might. You are a possessor of the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. I used to get very worked up because I was raised very strong. I was raised by a very strong woman, and so I was concerned that I didn't have enough fear of God, that I didn't have enough respect or awe for God. And you know what? I really didn't. And so when I read this verse about having the spirit of the fear of the Lord, I took it by faith. Every time I wanted to become disrespectful of God, I would say to myself, no, you have been given the spirit of the fear of the Lord. And that changed my attitude and my treatment of God. The next passage I want to leave you with comes from Isaiah 61. This is what Jesus quoted when he was in the synagogue the first time he was going to preach. And this will give you your mission. You have the spirit of Christ inside you if you are born again. You have a mission, and that is outlined very clearly in Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61, Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. We just read that in Isaiah 11. Because the Lord has anointed me, that is why the Spirit of God is on you. That is why the Spirit of God is in you. Because the Lord has anointed you. You're not anointed with the Spirit. The Spirit is on you because you're anointed. To preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me. He has sent you to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. You're supposed to be telling people that they're free, that they're not bound to fear, that they're not bound to religion, that they're not bound to anything anymore. What does the Bible say? The Bible says that all their lives they were subject to the spirit of fear, the fear of death, but now they're free. And we, as Christians, have a ministry of reconciliation. In other words, we're supposed to tell people that there's a way through Jesus Christ, that people can be free. They can be free of their addictions. They can be free of their bondages. They can actually be free from prison when they start walking in who God has called and created them to be. The next verse goes on to say, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. See, I told you. To proclaim the acceptable year of our Lord. That means that no matter what year it is, it's the year of our Lord. No matter what year it is, it's the year that you need to get saved because we don't know when Jesus Christ is coming back to proclaim the day of vengeance of our God, meaning that we are supposed to be telling people when we give them this ministry of reconciliation, we're supposed to tell them, hey, there's a day coming when the wrath of God will come on the sons of disobedience, those people who have decided to reject Jesus. Remember that the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. It doesn't say only if you want it to be paid, then it has to be paid. The wages of sin is death. And if we're all born into sin, and we all were, somebody has to pay the wage for all those sins. So either you're going to pay it yourself, or you're going to accept the payment that's been made for you by Jesus. If you don't accept the payment that's been made for you by Jesus, then you are responsible to pay God yourself. Well, the wages of that sin is death, and the day of wrath is coming on the sons of disobedience. It's coming. So when we preach the ministry of reconciliation, I know that this isn't a popular Bible teaching anymore. We're kind of out of the hellfire and brimstone era of the church, but it's very true. You either accept Jesus or you don't. You either pay for your own sins or you allow Jesus to pay for your sin, and that is it. And when you tell somebody about being born again, you must bring that part into it. You can't just tell them about all the wonderful things without telling them who they were so that they can choose 
who they will be. We are supposed to comfort all who mourn. Why? Because there is joy. Jesus said, let your joy be full. He says, you believe in God, believe also in me. You believe that there's God and that he hears you and that he loves you, believe also in me, Jesus says. That's how you can comfort all who mourn. To console those who mourn in Zion. Those are Jews who are sad because they think their Messiah hasn't come. You, as a believer in Christ, need to tell them that the Messiah has come. And this will bring them consolation. You are to give them beauty for ashes. You are to manifest beauty from their ashes. When you talk to somebody about something terrible that they went through, you can ask God how he wants to use that or did use it to bring about beauty in their life. To give them an oil of joy for mourning. When you tell people how wonderful Jesus is, not just in the sweet by and by, but here and now, the blessings now, that we are as he is now, they no longer are mourning, they're joyful. They're joyful because they don't have to live in bondage anymore. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. There is a spirit of heaviness. It's like the spirit of depression, but different. It's, it's not really a debilitating spirit like depression is, but the spirit of heaviness is just this weightiness, this lethargy, this constant tiredness and constant just not niceness. That's the spirit of heaviness. And the only thing that will get rid of the spirit of heaviness is a garment of praise. You're supposed to deliver to people a garment of praise. You're supposed to bring them something to praise God about. You know, I am a pastor on call at Bethel Church, and one of the things that happens is that when people call in and I talk to them, they will be so sad, and they will just need prayer and need an answer and need it right now, but we always say to them, what is something that you can be thankful for that I can rejoice with you about? And they always find something to be thankful for, even if it's only their life, even if it's their life. Because Thanksgiving, the garment of praise, takes care of the spirit of heaviness. Finally, that they may be called trees of righteousness. We're doing all this so that those people that you minister to can be called trees of righteousness. In other words, they can get saved. The planting of the Lord, meaning that it was his idea, he's the one who sent you, you just listened that he might be glorified, so that they get saved and he's glorified. Beloved, the reason the book of Isaiah was found in the Dead Sea Scrolls, the reason over a million people looked for it on Google last month, the reason that there are more messianic prophecies in the book of Isaiah than any other Old Testament prophet is because in the book of Isaiah, we have the identity of the Messiah and we have the mission of the Messiah. And in that identity and in that mission, we find ourselves. Because as he is, so are we in this world. I challenge you to watch every one of these videos that I'm about to produce on the book of Isaiah and let them be a blessing to you. Let them change your life. Please apply them to your life. Remember the most important thing in the world is that Jesus loves you and I love you.